Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storm's grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us has a clue what we're doing. And it would appear that neither do any of you. This week on Mums in the Making, we talk sleep regression with sleep consultant Rosie Davidson. Please don't get too worried about these stages and phases. And remember, actually, everything is a phase. Our wonderful midwife Carla is on hand with some reassuring advice on gestational diabetes. Some women, no matter how hard they try, still need medication. And that's not your fault. It's just the way that the GDM is presenting itself. Our mum squad joins in to share their experiences and advice. I was like, oh, hud the bus, there's another baba coming. And Rachel's pregnancy progresses. Your bump will probably be visible at this time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, from space? (laughs) Good evening. (laughs) Good evening. So we are, oh gosh, do you know, the weeks are going so fast now, I can't, I don't know where we are. We're mid-twenties. Good for you. (laughs) Are they? Are they? It's so funny when you're growing up, you're like, oh, you know, pregnancy is nine months. And then when you get pregnant, you realise that the nine months is actually 10 months. And then when you are pregnant, you realise it's actually 10 years. 10 years you're pregnant. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how much my face has aged. (laughs) Also, just... That's just because you're not having the Botox. Well, exactly. I haven't had a top up in a long time, but also I just feel like, you know how we used to joke about these old, I say old wives' tales, that's sexist enough as it is, but these old stories that, you know, if you're having a girl, she steals your beauty. Now, I didn't have loads to work with in the first place. That's not true. I feel like... You know, it's taking its toll. I don't know if it's the, like, lack of good sleep or just everything that's going on in my body, but I feel like 65 <laughs> if I'm a I think I felt the exact same way. I did feel like I didn't get that sort of youthful glow that a lot of people got. I really felt like my face aged during that time. And I wasn't even using Botox <laughs> before, so turns out boys steal your beauty too. That's disappointing for everyone out there and pregnant well, the good news is you've bounced back you have bounced back so that you're you're my hopeful you're my aspirational what, face what might be shining through is the fact that i have had the most wonderful week it's been the sun Aww. is shining it's like otis has got over some sort of leap and he is just magic I, I I can't even tell you. Oh my God. I know, it's so nice. We've had hell the last few months of just like a gurney baby we can't entertain. And I think, do you know what it was? I think we were trying to do too much. That's not like you. I know, we're both working full time. And, you know, we're, we're, so we're looking after Otis, we're doing it in shifts, so we're not seeing much of each other. But I think that means we think we need to give our full attention to Otis for some reason. But... Care this week has been taking him to other classes like monkey music. He's been doing his regular swimming. There's like a park really close by to us that has a swimming pool for kids. Sort of like they fill it up in summer. It's outdoor. It's not heated or anything, but it's really shallow. It's only about a foot tall. And Otis adores being in there, just like prancing around. We got a few new toys and I think he's been stimulated I think he was just bored as shit of our chat. (laughs) Literally, of the toys we have, of the games we play, of the songs we sing. 
These guys are trying way too hard. <laughs> so he's now socializing with other kids. He's chatting away. Um, and he's just come on leaps and bounds. And to add to that, I think because he's far more stimulated during the day, getting out and seeing other children, he's sleeping through the night again. He hasn't done that for seven months, eight months. And so we're getting full wow. night sleeps. We're talking 12 hours, one day. He slept till nine o'clock in the morning. I mean, that doesn't matter to me because I was up at five. So really, I didn't get the lie in. But just tremendous. He's he's in a happier mood. He's sleeping more during the day. We've got more of a rhythm to the day. Honestly, it's like a dream. But all of that put together means he's like chatting more, smiling more, doing funny things. And he's just a joy to be around. This is an unbelievable turnaround. I know, it's the best. I'm so happy. <laughs> but how is he with the favoured parent versus the less favoured parent now? That's balanced out. So he's back to sort of, sometimes he's crying and he'll want me and sometimes he's crying and he'll want his dad. And what hasn't balanced out is his uh, verbal communication. He can only say, Boo, which is fine. We all expect her to be the favourite in the house, the dog. <laughs> but now he's going, Daddy! Daddy! Oh. And I keep replacing that with, No, Mama! Mummy! Mama! Mother! That's a mama. funny way of saying mum. <laughs> so we aren't quite getting him to say mum yet, but he's definitely wanting me when he's upset. And, uh, and, and so that feels really nice too. But, you know, it's not it's not just because that's balanced out. Kerry's really feeling the positive effects. And I honestly can't tell you what, what has caused that. I'm just delighted. I mean, I'm so happy for you. Last time we talked about it, you were saying how difficult both of you were finding it because Kerry is obviously lovely to be loved so much, but it's also incredibly mm. draining. Whereas you were like, love me more. So I'm your mother. And you were stuck in this weird Mexican standoff with, with yeah, Otis. So at I the wanted the Otis that Care had, and Care wanted the Otis that I got. Um, and unfortunately, we couldn't, couldn't do that. But Otis seems to have sorted it out himself. And I have to say, when I was pregnant, I was given one bit of advice. Advice is rubbish when you're pregnant because you kind of know what you're doing and you just go on with it. But one bit of advice that I think was really helpful, and that was everything is a phase. And bear that in mind. So when they're really hard work, maybe they're not sleeping, not eating, whatever it is, that's a phase and they will grow out of it. So don't stress too much. But also, when you're going through what I'm going through now, which is a really lovely time with your child, that is also a phase. So make sure you grasp that with two hands and enjoy every single morsel of it because soon you'll be back to being a pain in the arse again. <laughs> well, I believe in that so much because even with anything like poor health or a particularly rough time, at work or with your partner when you eventually come out of the other side of it it's so common that you forget to take stock of how wonderful it is not to be sick or not to be fighting or not to feel stressed at work so to hear you so joyful and recognize the change is magic that's that's a really special thing so yeah hold on to it enjoy it run with it while it lasts I thought this might be a good point to bring in our mum squad and find out what their best bits of advice would be for an expectant mum. And here's what you had to say. Hi Storm, Denim here. 
And best piece of advice I was given once I became a new mum was that when you give birth to a child, you really give birth to a new version of yourself too. So your body's changed, your mindset's changed, and basically your whole world's changed. Your priorities and stuff are all different now too. So it's a journey that you now go on and you learn and you grow together. The world's new to the baby and parenthood is new to you. So just embrace it. Um, I also tell people to be kind to yourself. You're doing great even on the days where it feels like you're not. The best bit of advice that I was given as a new mum was to take lots of pictures of me with my baby because we take so many pictures of either our baby on their own or with our dad or with the grandparents or with our friends that we actually forget to take pictures of them with us. Another bit of advice, sorry, this is me hijacking again. Um, I don't know if anybody ever told breastfeeding mums but nobody ever told me that when you breastfeed, you contract. And it came as such a shock to me when I breastfed that I started contracting again. I actually thought I was in labour again. I thought there was another one on the way. I was like, oh, hud the bus. There's another baba coming. But no, it wasn't. It was actually, you, your uterus contracts when you breastfeed. It's perfectly normal. But nobody actually thought to tell me that. Hi Storm, so I saw that you're looking for voice note of like best pieces of advice that people have given you so I kind of want to offer my own piece of advice um, which in a really weird way has helped me which is basically that it's my motherhood, my choice and I think so often we like put so much judgment on ourselves around decisions that we have to make when actually there is no right answer and there's no perfect way to do anything so yes that is my own kind of coined phrase try and budget for a cleaner for those first three months even if it's just fortnightly a midwife gave me this tip and it was a big help the best advice i was given was routine really works the best advice i ever had i remember being at the park exhausted two little ones and I must have looked like on the verge of tears and this other mum came up to me and she goes, listen hon, go home, put them in front of the telly and get yourself a break. Nothing is going to harm them by putting them in front of the telly. You don't need to be out doing everything. And you know what, I took them home, put them in front of the telly for hours and just slept. And it was the best thing I ever did. Having been told that when you're breastfeeding and you have really sort of sore, hot boobs. I throw some cabbage leaves and put them down my bra and forgot about them because they worked. And I sort of went shopping and I kept getting this horrible smell. And then I realised that the smell was actually coming from me, wafting up from my top, that I'd forgotten about these cabbage leaves and they'd all wilted and started to cook, basically. So... Um, yeah, don't forget to remove them, but it does work. Well, I think that makes two bits of advice from Nicola. First of all, cool cabbage can help sore nipples. And second of all, make sure you take that cabbage out, otherwise it cooks. Okay, let's talk about sleep now and how to get more of it.
What I will say is I've no idea why Otis is sleeping through the night other than he's more stimulated through the day because I have done absolutely no sleep training with him at all. When he was like three months old, he just started sleeping through the night and we thought, oh, we've got a unicorn baby. We have that special baby that sleeps. Don't tell anyone. Don't utter the name. Otherwise it might change. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, overnight when he was about six months, he just stopped sleeping through the night and then he was up all the time. We had no idea what we were doing. We are sort of going blind into it. Looking back, we should have probably done more research and been a bit stricter with it. But um, but anyway, we've muddled through it and we're at this point now where he is sleeping, which is just a delight and I am I am just having the best time. Do they call that sleep regression when they have a bit of a fallback? It's something I hear lots of my stressed mum friends say. <laughs> they sort of have that haggard... <laughs> glazed eye look and they're like we're going through a sleep regression yeah but sleep regression I would have thought lasted I don't know a week two weeks this has been like seven months of agony and we're only really getting through Mm. through it now so I I don't know what it was I think yeah sleep regression maybe a couple of leaps thrown in just I would say it was just hell I would call it hell I mean some would call it regression given that I clearly know nothing about this topic here is some helpful advice from an actual expert this is Rosie Davidson founder of Just Chill Baby Sleep an infant sleep consultancy and author of Just Chill Baby Sleep book my first and possibly most simple sleep tip you can try is to start your day and end your day at roughly the same time each day. It doesn't need to be bang on, but within around an hour's window. This can help your baby set their circadian rhythm, their internal body clocks. It means that our body knows when to wake up and when to go to sleep and produce hormones that help us do that. Having predictability around wake and sleep times can really help. Teaching your baby the difference between day and night can be really helpful when starting a routine. Lots of babies are born quite nocturnal, so they will be potentially wakeful at night and sleepy during the day. We want to turn this around. So lots of natural light exposure can be really helpful. Getting out in the early-ish morning to get exposure to natural light can really help our internal body clocks and helps your baby know when to produce nice sleepy hormones for the night time. Also at night, try and keep things dark and unstimulating. If you need to turn on a light for nappy changes or night feeds, try to stick to a sleep-friendly colour that doesn't disturb and wake us up, such as amber, you can get on you can get clip-on reading lights, or a red, orange, or pink glow. When looking at overall routine, the most important part is actually the bedtime routine. Having a predictable routine can be really beneficial from very early on for most babies. It doesn't have to be bang on the exact same time each night, but roughly is really helpful. Give them a bath potentially, give them a massage, offer a feed, read a story, sing a lullaby, give them cuddles and even have a predictable sleepy phrase that you use each bedtime. Don't have it too long, about 30 to 45 minutes is fine. We don't want them to be overstimulated or for it to drag out too long. Do this routine each night and it can simply be the same things in the same order and it helps your baby's brain to know that it's time to switch off and sleep is coming. We know from research this is really beneficial to start doing whenever you feel ready. I should also say if you want more information from Rosie you can find her on Instagram at just underscore chill underscore mama. Okay what about that pesky regression though? What actually is it? 
You may hear the term sleep regression quite often when you come across the topic of baby sleep. However, the truth is there's only one true sleep regression and actually it's not a regression at all. It's in fact a progression in your little one's development and how they sleep. Their sleep cycles change and become more like an adult. And you might notice some changes in your baby where they're waking more often or struggling to settle to sleep when perhaps they weren't before. However, this isn't always the case and often some families won't notice any change at all. There are many other common sleep regressions people refer to, but in fact, there is no other time that your baby's sleep architecture changes. But you might find that in phases of development, it can affect their sleep and also external factors can obviously influence sleep as well, such as going on holiday, illness, teething, starting nursery or new sibling. There are countless things that can affect sleep, but it doesn't mean your little one's sleep is going to go backwards. It always means that they're moving forwards and developing and growing as all children do. Please don't get too worried about these stages and phases. And remember, actually, everything is a phase. All we can do is keep to our boundaries and think about what our child needs in the moment and giving them the best foundations for sleep going forward. So anyway, listen, we missed the most important bit. What week are you on? What what are you growing? What's she doing now? 27 weeks. So the third trimester is in sight. It is so close. And she's a cauliflower. <laughs> she's, she's equivalent to a cauliflower. So yeah, that's that's what we're growing this week. And I love it because my app says, your bump will probably be visible at this time <laughs> every week. And I'm like, from space? <laughs> Do you mean from space? Because we're getting there. We are getting there. Um, And I do feel that every Wednesday or Thursday, and I'd be intrigued to know if this is something that I've dreamt up or that's unique to me. But I feel like I go through a big stretch, like a big physical stretch every Wednesday, Thursday, and I don't mean like I'm up doing sun salutations and yoga because obviously it's me, I am not, but I mean like a physical extending of my body because I start to feel really rough on a Wednesday, Thursday, and just the last few weeks I've had two days straight of feeling a bit rubbish, and then I seem to relax into it again, and I wonder if that's just everything moving out and getting bigger all at once. I did find that my bump took spurts for sure. On a Wednesday and a Thursday is an interesting one. Maybe you're just allergic to the week. (laughs) So by the time you get to Wednesday, now that you're pregnant, you're like, plug this. This is just, everything is too hard. (laughs) And then Thursday comes along and you're like, oh, and then Friday's like, okay, the weekend's here. We can, we can do this. So do our babies grow in spurts? Here's our midwife, Carla, to clear things up. In pregnancy, your bump actually grows every single day. So it might feel like it's every week because those weeks are being ticked off as they're huge milestones towards meeting your baby. But actually something magical is happening every single day. And in midwifery, we actually talk about weeks plus days because those days are really, really important. So yeah, just gradually growing every single day throughout pregnancy. 
Well, see, weirdly, <laughs> again, this will be unique to me because it makes no sense, but I'm averaging probably, I'm sick once or twice a week still, but usually on a Saturday. <laughs> I don't know if that's like just keeping habits another going. thing. My body's just like, <laughs> yeah, the, my body's just like, yeah, weekend. <laughs> um, but last week I vomited at the dentist. Lovely. Thankfully, thankfully not on the dentist because we get free dental treatment on the NHS, which I was advised to go take advantage of by my app and also by my midwife. So I went along and the guy could not have been lovelier. He was so sweet. He was chatting away. He knew loads about pregnancy. And then he reclined me in the chair and put on like this pair of yellow glasses so that I didn't get blinded by the light. And then after about a minute, I was like, oh, oh, oh dear. No. Something, something feels a bit funny. And I said, oh, do you mind if I, I just need to sit up for a second? He said, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Sat up for two seconds, <laughs> reclined again. <laughs> it's like hands were in my mouth. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm going to be sick and had to run to the bathroom. But I made it. But you should always it. just keep poo bags in every pocket of every outfit that you own. <laughs> Like, put them in the washing machine, they survive, it's fine. Just make sure they're in there for those kind of situations. That's annoying, you're still being sick, though. I know, and it's a strange one because they're, I'm constantly looking for triggers. What is it that's setting me off? But I think just the the pressure of all of my guts being pushed upwards is what's happening. So as we're getting into the third trimester, there's just very mm. little space in there. So I'm full really easily and I overeat by not eating mm. that much. And I was really sick yesterday as well, but I think that's because I overhydrated. I basically drank too much water. <laughs> My body was like, nope, no space in here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, it's still... But I, I've become a professional puker. If well, anything. congratulations. So. <laughs> There's a plus. Silver Now, your lines. main symptom recently <laughs> has been this carpal tunnel, which we haven't spoken about for a few weeks. What's... Yes, we have to speak about it very quietly in case it comes back. <laughs> oh, good. So it's G-O-N-E? Yes. Okay, touch wood. For now and hopefully forever. Yeah, touch wood with a strong arm. Um, it has dissipated. That could be because I am working less. Could be for any number of reasons, but let's not jinx it. So hopefully it, it doesn't come back ever again. <laughs> any other symptoms? Um, I had my... I had... The dog is grumbling in the background right on cue. I had my first real pregnancy meltdown. <laughs> Sandy might argue with that. But the, but genuinely, this was like sobbing in a heap type crying. And it was because <laughs> Sandy's at Glastonbury. And I decided against the, the, what I should have done, ordered a takeaway decided to order a takeaway the first one cancelled so that should have been my first omen that things were not mm. going to go well the dog was going ballistic because the chap phoned me like barking 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 I couldn't hear him and I said sorry I'll have to call you back 
Called him back. He basically cancelled my order for no reason. Reordered. <laughs> persevered. Really desperate for this takeaway at this point. And then there was loads of delivery instructions that I'd put in the app to tell them about the dog and say, please call me when you're outside. But they ignored them and came up to the front door and rang the bell. So up into the close and rang the bell. So obviously all hell broke loose. It was like bad to see dogs <laughs> home in here. <laughs> Got to the front door. I was trying to keep her at bay. Opened the storm door so I could just take the bag and get back to her. And she jumped up and closed the internal door no. behind me. <laughs> so I was locked out of the house with a bag of takeaway, no shoes or socks on, oh. no bra. That was the most wow. disturbing part. Completely unsheathed bosom in my pajamas, no socks and shoes. Thank God I had my phone. That's all I can say. Because I would have been stranded some pregnant pyjama clothed monster in my clothes with the dog still going ballistic because she still has no access to me and still the chap is at the door so she's barking 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 and then up getting upset at the delivery guy <laughs> he oh, leaves no. and then I was just stuck in my porch eating chips crying like sad baboon <laughs> on the ground and that was like <laughs> truly oh, the lowest point of, of all the vomiting and stuff that I've done and survived and the carpal tunnel though we dare not speak its name and all these things this was like emotionally <laughs> such a low because I was sitting in the porch eating these chips thinking what in god's name am I gonna do the dog's going ballistic I don't know any of my neighbours, if I go looking like this, with a face looking as if it's exploded and the dog going ballistic. It's not how you want to introduce yourself to the neighbours. The idea is you go with a basket of muffins. No. Not with a face that looks like a muffin (laughs) and a dog barking in the background. Oh, God. It was just a total comedy of errors. Everything. Just a chain reaction of horrible rubbish. And then, thankfully, we've been having a workman do some um, joinery on the windows. And I called him. He lives out in Lindsay. Billy, you absolute angel. And he came back on his Friday night. He drove in for like half an hour. He brought me a packet of biscuits. (laughs) He arrived. He made me a cup of tea. (laughs) You know that way when you just feel so pathetic. And I was just like, and I was bubbling so hard at that point, and anything was setting me off. Like anything, any kind thing that he did was just sending me further into the meltdown. So yeah, that was my Friday night while my darling partner was enjoying himself at class. Oh, bless. So how did the joiner get into the house? He had keys because he's been letting himself in in the morning. So thankfully, I mean, God knows what I would have done if I had to have an emergency locksmith come. I looked such a state. At least poor Billy has seen me (laughs) looking like a normal person rather than a bubbling baboon. But yeah, that that was a true emotional, hormonal low point because actually I feel like my hormones have been pretty much bang on they've been like uh, yeah when I have my period in the run-up to my period I am a psychopath but I haven't had that the whole pregnancy but this was 
yeah, this was real, oh, bless real tears. You. Well, you got through it, and it doesn't, to be honest, sound like that was too pregnancy related. Although the hormones wouldn't have helped you, that sounds like just one of those moments in life where you think, "Oh God, what? Just why? Why me, Lord?" Um, I remember having probably my one and only meltdown. I think during pregnancy. I'm saying this now. I'm sure again, if Kerr was listening, he would, um, he would have something else to say. But he wasn't. He wasn't there in this one. Basically, I had ordered a hair dryer. Right, it was just a hair dryer. That's it. Very simple. I had missed the delivery. Care was away on tour or something. I had missed the delivery and I had to go pick it up at the post office. The post office was just at the top of the road. It's maybe a seven minute walk from the post office to my house. Anyway, unbeknownst to me, this wasn't just a hair dryer. It was like a hair dryer with added rollers with lots of different bits, a brush, whatever. It was this huge box. And at this point, I was quite heavily pregnant. I was probably a few weeks on from you. And I had to carry it all the way home. Now, I don't know about you, but in pregnancy, I because I was quite a strong person, I would say, like physically strong. I would be able to lift quite a lot of weights. And, and But in pregnancy, I just it was like my muscles had deteriorated some horrible disease. It was like I had no strength. And I got halfway home. So this is about five minutes of carrying this bo- giant box which looking back couldn't have been that heavy. And I realised I could not carry this thing home. There was no one to come and get me. The only thing I could do was like take a break. So I had to put the box down and sit in my neighbour's wall, just like feeling sorry for myself. And I just, I remember sitting there just in floods of tears, absolutely frustrated by the fact that I had lost all of my capabilities that I had previously and thinking why am I on my own and am I always going to be on my own in pregnancy and will I always have to carry a hairdryer home on my own and um, obviously I got the hairdryer home fine I have never had an issue with that since and it was just an, an absolute meltdown but you know these things happen but I think you're right in that it's the vulnerability aspect it's the being alone part and the, the being in what seems like an impossible situation you know where we are of sane mind we can think okay objectively we just sit on the wall until we feel strong enough to carry the hairdryer for the rest of the trip or we just call the joiner who has keys and he will come and bring them but the the weird vulnerability and hormones and the catalogue of events that has brought you to that point is so overwhelming that you're unable to rationalise. And even when I was crying on Billy the Window Man, I was thinking normal people don't react like this you know that he's solved we're in the house he has the keys he's brought me normal biscuits. people aren't pregnant like if any yeah exactly and that's the thing I, you just feel in a different head space and I'm completely with you on being unable to carry things or feeling like you're unable to carry things I should be doing a shop right now. I had big plans to make Sandy some kind of delicious meal for when he arrived back from Glastonbury. And I weighed up how I was going to get them, get the shopping up the hill, because we live on the top of Mm -hmm. two very big hills. 
And I'm just thinking, I can't do it unless I get one of these wee granny trolleys that can wheel behind me. The wee tartan ones. With a motor. Then, yeah, he's going hungry. (laughs) I don't don't know how he's going to have anything else apart from toast by the time he gets back. Take away, put it into one of your pots and then just pretend you cooked it. I've had such great experience with takeaways lately. Oh, Rachel. You'll probably end up to find me on the doorstep. Still eating chips from two days before. The dog's still crying indoors. Listen, I feel so bad for you with that, but we've all been there and we've all got through it and you'll be fine. That doesn't say anything about you, just one of those moments. In your message, you said something about being worried about gestational diabetes. Mm, Yeah. What was that about? Well... Again, in my Wednesday-Thursday stretch, I started to get very excessively thirsty. So I have a big water bottle that I carry around with me all day, every day. As if you're not carrying enough. And I work on it throughout the day. And I want to explain, I have gone from zero water intake, and that's not me exaggerating, I never drank water in my life. You never drank water? No. Like, my mum doesn't drink water. I don't know if it's a thing. So what do you drink? Diet Coke and coffee, which is obviously terrible. That was my old life. (laughs) Heading. I know, it's really bad. It's really bad. Okay, I do know that. But nothing can bring me to drink water. So I actually lied when I said I have a water bottle. It's juice. It is diluting juice. But I now drink a lot of it because obviously I have someone else to hydrate living inside my body. So there's more than just me to think about and you have to think about their brain development and all the rest of it. So when people say, oh, your skin's looking nice, it's probably not the pregnancy. It's because I'm like, I'm like hydrated for the first time. Yeah, for the first time in my life. So I now drink this diluting juice, but last week... I started to get excessively thirsty to the point that I was drinking the whole thing quite quickly and still feeling like I needed to drink more. And obviously our friend Google, I typed it in and it said, be careful of gestational diabetes. I texted my friend Louise. She said, oh, be careful of gestational diabetes. Mm. So I was thinking, hmm, at that point. And then... Because as a result of how thirsty I was, I was sick because I was drinking so much water. So something may or may not be afoot. I'm not going to panic about it. I know that you had it. (laughs) We've Mm -hmm. talked about it. I've had other friends that have had it. So, and it's only three months left to go. I have my urine and blood test on Tuesday at my next midwife appointment Amazing, so they're doing the glucose test on Tuesday. Yeah, well, I'm go- I'll am tell them that I'm a bit concerned about this and they constantly take your pee for everything. So they'll test me and my only concern is that if that is the case, that it might prevent me from having a natural birth. But oh. then again, I'm not entirely wedded to a natural birth. So it's okay. I'm uh, I'm remaining chill about it. And also have to remember it's been friggin' 
roasting. I know you're sitting <laughs> basically I'm sitting in a sauna. podcasting in an oven right now. Yeah. Glasgow has relaxed a little, but dear God, it has been so, so, so hot. So that it could be that as well. And also edging towards the third trimester. So as someone that has been through gestational diabetes, I would say definitely do not panic. I remember when I was told, which was, I think, 26 weeks, I think, um, that I did the, the glucose well. test. No, no, I had no symptoms, though, and I drank oh, really? a lot of water, um, always have done, though, and had absolutely no symptoms. 26 weeks was my general checkup. They, they, they always do a glucose test, I think, or maybe because I was a geriatric mother they decided to give me the glucose test but they they gave me it without any sort of reason to and then it came out a bit suspicious so they made me go back and do the test again you have to take these sort of sugar um sort of tablet things the sort of gummies that runners take and then you go in and get it tested but they tell you what specific ones to take and how much and it's quite regulated and then they test your blood every hour for like three hours i think it was and I went in there really confident that they had just made a mistake. I, there was no way I had gestational diabetes. They had made a mistake. Then it came out, yeah, I did. And I, I remember just being devastated. I was so upset. I actually, I, I'm quite open about most things in, in the show that I do, uh, Monday to Friday. And I just, it took me a month to be able to speak openly about this one. I just couldn't I, I didn't know what it meant it was still coming to terms with exactly what the birth plan was now and and although I was never completely wedded to a natural birth I'd got myself into the mindset that it was possible mm. now I don't think it's not pos not not possible I can't remember how many <laughs> negatives need to be I don't in think sentence. it's impossible <laughs> I don't think it is impossible to have a natural birth when you have gestational diabetes but I think that the NHS will tell you that your baby is possibly measuring big and therefore they will want you to have the baby earlier but remember you always have a choice on what you want to do it is at the end of the day your choice I went with what the NHS suggested which was either an induction or a cesarean and I picked the cesarean but but I would not worry about it it just means you can't have your you know ice cream or anything with sugar in it for the next three months and that's no bad thing really for your diet is it yeah so guess what i've been doing the last three days just to make sure <laughs> just in case <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go into an ice cream drought i've been living exclusively <laughs> off of ice cream for the last two days. <laughs> just in case um no i have had a couple of ice creams but I Yeah, I am chill about it. Just in case you're not chill about the whole thing, which I certainly wasn't, here's Carla with a little bit more info. Gestational diabetes, or GDM, as you might see it written in your notes, is fairly common in pregnancy. We do offer testing for GDM, depending on your risk factors. So this will be discussed with you at your first booking appointment with your midwife. And if you have got risk factors, you will be offered a test. GDM happens when your body doesn't produce enough insulin to meet the extra demands needed when you're pregnant. So you end up with lots more sugar running around your bloodstream than is needed and that is healthy. So this can be managed by adjusting your diet and you will be receiving some specialist advice around that. Also, increasing your physical activity can really help keep your blood sugars within the normal range. But some women, no matter how hard they try, still need medication. And that's not your fault. It's just the way that the GDM is presenting itself. So sometimes you might need a tablet 
and sometimes you might need insulin injections. It depends on the range of your blood sugars. Most women with GDM have normal pregnancies and healthy babies. You will need extra monitoring all the way through your pregnancy. It can cause your baby to grow larger than normal. It can cause additional fluid around your baby. And again, we will monitor those all the way through your pregnancy. Having GDM does not mean that a vaginal birth is ruled out. Absolutely not. But we'll keep an eye on the size of your baby and your kind of wants and wishes for birth. And if your blood sugars are particularly high or if your baby is growing much larger than normal, you may be offered an induction of labour a little bit earlier than normal. But your midwife and your consultant should discuss all the options with you and give you that choice about what is best for you, what is best for your baby going forward. Okay, well, I I think we can uh, leave it there, actually. I think we've... We've covered everything from the week and you're not stressing too much about the gestational diabetes, which is fabulous. And I will see you on the other side of the week. Okie dokie, have fun. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Mums in the Making. Join us next week when we discuss breathlessness, iron tablets and first birthday fails. Now, if you want to become one of our mum's squad, all you have to do is follow me at Storm Huntley on Instagram and send us a voice note. But until next week, is bye for now.